And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're back again. It's Saturday night. We're here with all of our friends. We've had long, fulfilling weeks, I'm sure. I, I went for a walk today and then <laughs> fell asleep and almost missed the show. <laughs> trying, to, trying to work off all that extra Halloween weight, all that extra candy mm. weight. It's funny. When we did our show last week, people were saying, oh, happy Halloween, guys. I'm like, hey, it's not Halloween yet. And then I'm like, oh, no, shit, I guess this actually does end up being the Halloween episode because of how it falls. Yeah, yeah, just, just a, a week after, yeah. And, and usually I'm a real, you know, fucking gung-ho type of guy for theming. I'm surprised we didn't try and have, you know, the spooky comic multiverse, the <laughs> horror multiverse. Now we just did a regular fucking show. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it was fine. We did a regular show. I didn't do a lot of horror stuff this year, which is a shame. I think that just comes with getting older. You don't have the time mm. to do all the fun stuff you used to. Where I'm like, oh, I'm going to rewatch all the Saw movies. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. I did watch Saw 10, though, because yeah. thankfully uh, there's not many callbacks to the rest of the series. No, it's a prequel. Yeah, it's it's fun because Tobin Bell just gets to be the main fucking character in this because yeah. he was always the most interesting character in the franchise. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, and just a really good ass character actor that the series mm. hurts when it when he's not around. Yeah, you, you can feel like like in that uh, what was the one before Spiral? Even though yes. he, he's oh, he's yeah. like kind of in it, but not really kind yeah. of in it. But like, yeah, you can tell like he didn't really have much to do in that. Whereas this no. one, he did. <laughs> Yeah, he really does. It's kind of a fun story of like, oh, he's this genius evil chess master and he even he gets taken in by a goddamn Mexican medical scam. <laughs> that that needs to be the new direction for the Saw movies. Just, you know, uh, John Kramer, the elderly Avenger, just going after people who prey on old people like, oh, wh what's this? I hear you're asking grandma for her credit card information. Well, now I put you in a fucking bear trap. How's that sound? <laughs> Oh, oh, what's that? You're a politician who cut Medicaid? Well, guess what? I put your fucking balls in a hibachi. <laughs> yeah, I do that now. <laughs> what's that? You didn't call grandma on her birthday? Well, guess what? Acid bath. <laughs> that, that just needs to be the new direction for it. Just John Kramer punishing young people for how they treat old people. And then people. it just becomes like things that just like annoy him like he steps on a lego Barry. and like kills the ceo of lego for us or something lego corporation. yeah oh man how have they never well i know why lego has never done it because they're g-rated but come on a saw lego set come on <laughs> fucking mega blocks you guys can have that right you're not nearly as good you're the friggin burger king to their mcdonald's <laughs> You can do it, can't you? <laughs> I would I I would start playing and building Legos if they had saw themed Legos. <laughs> God damn, that is a good fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh what about you, Matt? How are you? How has your week been? Uh my week was pretty busy, so like the last like day or so I've just like I've done like no reviews, like not even looked at like a comic book, just like been playing yeah. Baldur's Gate. I also bought um yeah. Alan Wake Two and uh the, yeah. new, the new RoboCop game. Oh yes, I'm hearing great things about that. That new uh, RoboCop game is so good. It is so good. Which is funny because it was made by the same team that made that shitty Rambo uh, game back in the day, but apparently they have only been doing good stuff since with their licenses. Yeah, well, since that Rambo game, they made a Terminator game, which was really good. I played oh, a little yeah. bit of it, and I thought it, thought it was okay, but they built on what they did in that game for this game. And this this is just, it's just a Robocop game. You, you walk around, like, doing, like, 
all, all like the shit Robocop does, arresting citizens for like parking next to fire hydrants and you and and there's like a morality system you can choose to like which is cool you can choose to like send them to jail or like give them a ticket or let them off with a warning and it affects like the, the people and everything it's it's so cool it's so cool and it's, you're just a walking fridge that can like naturally. blow people apart i i did see the action that i'm like ooh, this reminds me of like that ps2 punisher game where it's like nobody mm -hmm. is stopping you mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll definitely have to give that one a try. I, I like it because it generally generally sounds like the people who made it actually understand the appeal of RoboCop, the hyper-violent, but also the bits of social commentary yes. in there as well, where it's like, yeah, are you going to be an asshole cop or are you going to be like an actual decent human being protecting the public trust? It's all there. And Peter Weller's back as uh, Alex Murphy. That's also pretty goddamn good. And also, the the main villain is the brother of the guy who gets the chemicals spilt on him in the first one. I believe so, yes. Which is such a classic 80s movie cliche. You know, it's like, you killed my brother in the first movie, <laughs> and now I'm back. You haven't seen me before. <laughs> yes, I know it's weird that one family has this many super criminals in it, but apparently it does. <laughs> Wrap your mind around that one, RoboCop. <laughs> No, but that's great that it's good. Because I know when they said they were making a new RoboCop game, it's like, oh, no. You know, these I are know. never good. Yeah, yeah. Because it, ca it came out of, like, nowhere. They already had, like, gameplay trailers and everything for it. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, this is just going to be done. But I like it that it's just they're not trying to do a AAA game. This is a AA game. And I think we need more AA games. They're we just, like, a budget game where the team is given, like, they, they know the brief they know what they can work with. They don't try and outdo themselves and like overextend themselves or anything. They know what to do. It's true because, you know, the the triple A billion dollar game industry is untenable. And also mm -hmm. it's literally killing people in the industry. It's making mm -hmm. them burn out because, you know, you can't you can't always make a Baldur's Gate. You can't always make a Grand Theft Auto, which is another mm -hmm. piece of news from this week where they're like, why aren't they making, you know, Grand Theft Auto 6? Why isn't out? It's been so long. Like, because it takes forever. And yeah. because those games only get bigger and bigger. <laughs> and if they're not bigger, people are going to be uber pissed. Exactly. Exactly. Again, that's why it takes forever because expectations are so high. Mm -hmm. Here's a question. Because that RoboCop game was so good, of all the other 80s movies out there, what would you like to see them tackle next? Hmm. Escape from New York, the game. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty cool. I mean, we basically kind of got that in a freaking The Dogtown DLC for Cyberpunk, mm, but come on, yeah. let's do it. Hey, hey, Highlander, apparently they keep saying they're going to do a Highlander again. Let's see them do a fucking Highlander game. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like to see a another game based on The Thing. Mmm, The Thing actually has some pretty good games. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see a modern modern one of them. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe, maybe Die Hard? Die Hard, there's actually been some pretty alright Die mm. Hard games, and it's very easy just to throw John McClane into something and be like, yeah, that's what he was doing this week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's pretty goddamn easy. So, something from, uh, what is it, uh, Steven Seagal, you know, On Deadly Ground, the game. <laughs> there's a button where you can just cock punch everyone. Yeah, your character's always just sitting down for some reason. For some reason, because he's too fat, you see. <laughs> no, you see, and then Seagal would fall in love with video games. He's like, yo, bro, it's pretty great. I just could sit in the chair and talk, and the game makes me look young and cool like I've always been. Yeah. He'd become a streamer, yeah. 
Oh my god, from Russia. Yeah, streaming from somewhere in deep Russia, yeah. <laughs> Alright everyone, so when we're back again, my good buddy Putin's gonna be on here, we're gonna be talking about everything that's going on. <laughs> I'm a lawman, you know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great episode of Behind the Bastards where they talk about Seagal's career, where they're like, he was basically always dirty if you wondered how a guy like this could come mm -hmm. out of nowhere and become the celebrity that he is, because he was taking mob money the whole time, mm -hmm. like his first couple movies were yeah. straight up just funded by, you know, mob money. The mob, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which you wonder why he's such a weirdo and everything, that's why. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it all it all checks yeah. out. When oh man, I should have worn my Steven Seagal shirt. <laughs> Oh, you have one? Holy I have shit. one, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, amazing. Fucking Steven Seagal. God's greatest creation. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking deeply insane individual. <laughs> Everything about him. And like, the, the digger, you, the more you dig into him, the more horrible it becomes. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I also played a game this week. I, it's not it's not as good as Baldur's Gate. I haven't started Baldur's Gate. I'm thinking that's going to be my Christmas gift to myself, where mm -hmm. I can you know chill out for a couple days and really give it the attention it deserved. Uh, I played uh, all four hours of the new Call of Duty campaign. <laughs> And oh boy, I thought people were being dramatic because as I've said before, I've I really got into Call of Duty with the last two. I was never that guy. And when I heard everyone doom saying, being like, oh, they're charging us $70 for a DLC. I'm like, ah, oh, you're being dramatic. Then I played it for four hours and I'm like, well, fuck me. That sure was a $70 DLC is what that was. It's it's worse here in Australia because like, like it's, 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 I think it's about $80 in, in the shops. If you go buy like the, the disc, which is literally just like, yeah. A, pl a disc with like a half a game on it when you got to download yep. the 200 gig thing but but if you were to buy it on the playstation store you can only buy the cross-gen bundle which gives you no. the ps5 and ps4 version and it costs 120 dollars uh, yes, actually, that's exactly what it costs here. When I say $70, I'm saying that for our mostly American audience. <laughs> the, 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 the Canadian and Australian dollar is closer. And uh, actually, Matt, it's worse. You can get the cross-gen bundle for what you said, or also for 130 bucks, you can get edition. the vault. The Vault Edition, which doesn't come with a PS4, but comes with, like, a bunch of multiplayer shit. And, yes, I hate to say that I've become a fucking multiplayer pay pig myself. Again, they've made it, like, easier for casuals like me. <laughs> and also, they promised me everything I did in 2 will cross over to 3. So I'm like, oh, good, all those hours won't be wasted. All that money I gave you won't be wasted as a chance to give you more money. Look, look, the, the last season was Spawn-themed, Matt. They got Keith David back in. I'm, all, I'm not made of stone. I'm only human, okay? <laughs> they, they also got fucking Ash Williams in there, too, though I don't know if they actually paid the actor for that or if they just used clips from the movie. Oh. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Actually, you know what their last pack is? You know what the last pack for Call of Duty Season 2 is before they move over to the new stuff on the 10th? What's that? Dune. Dune. Uh, what? Yes, you can get a fucking Dune skin, and you can get, like, the sword from Dune and, like, a gun that looks like the laser rifle and everything doesn't actually shoot lasers, but you can get it. What the fuck? I know. They, they go, apparently, they go really crazy in the last season of these games. I didn't know that, but apparently they go super nuts with, you know, like, crossovers and shit. Right, okay. Because they had the boys earlier on, too. You could be Starlight, mm -hmm. Homelander, and Black Noir. Yeah. And people were really pissed at Black Noir because apparently his color scheme is so black you can't actually see him in the shadows on most maps. <laughs> well, then it's doing its job. 
Yeah, and he's completely silent. Like, the joke is, is like, you know, oh, this is where voice lines would be, but you just hear him breathing heavy. <laughs> and I'm like, again, accurate. Biblically accurate Black Noir, for what yeah. it's worth. Yeah, Oh, man, how good was that Gen V finale? Now that oh, we're on that so, subject. so good. Good, good on them for starting strong and ending strong and also keeping good to their word that season one of this show would just be a total handover to the boy season four. And it was. It was. I, I also forgot that like, oh yeah, we're, we're like in the boys universe. So like universe, we, we, we right? can't, we can't have like good endings for characters or characters no, yeah. can't do like the good thing. And, and that's exactly no, that what we got here at the end. <laughs> Yep, yep. The second these characters decided they wanted to be good, that they wanted to be actual heroes, they became public enemy number one. And again, it does so much fun shit with mor uh, morality, right? And with mm -hmm. how fucked up the morality of this world is and how now they really know. But my favorite moment is what they do with, uh, with Cricket here, where she actually learns that it was always her emotions that controlled her powers, not her eating disorders. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, wow that's really cool you know she's not you know the lower tier hero that she thought she was that's probably something they should have taught you at superhero school oh yeah that's right this superhero school isn't designed to actually make you a better hero or a better person whoa that was the whole point <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> and uh, how they also basically get their own brotherhood of evil mutants for a minute that's pretty great yeah yeah i i i, I like that they 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 went to, to 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 free the 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 people with like the the honestly good intentions, and then they yeah. realize, oh no, these people are here for a reason. Yeah, that there's a lot of you know the path to hell is paved with good intentions in this one, and again, how they fuck around with morality, where it's like, oh, psychic girl here is doing a bad thing, but she's doing it for a good reason, but she's also totally pointing this at all the wrong people. She's attacking. Mm -hmm the regular people who had nothing to do with this when she should be attacking the bot people who, you know, this is actually their fault. Yeah. It's again, really interesting morality on top of this. Even, even Dean Shetty was actually a pretty interesting villain because she was really much closer to butcher who is the good guy in the other show, but is the villain here. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she was also, uh, seemingly working with, uh, Mallory. Yes. As who well. even thinks that she was being too extreme yeah which is probably why butcher turned up at the end as well to like go go yeah. check go check on her which which i like that and i like uh they they never dealt with the virus thing the virus is still out there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again the the friggin soon-to-be vice president has it where i'm like ooh, that's really interesting too because it's not like she can just sick it on homelander the next time they get into a fight because she's a metahuman and her daughter's a metahuman, which means a pandemic would be terrible for them. But maybe if she found a way to focus it, maybe, you know, if like Homelander is doing a big Homelander rally or if she ever gets him on trial, they can release it there. Yeah, I have a feeling that 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 Marie will factor into that because uh, it because it attacks because the virus attacks the compound V and she can sense the compound v in people she can manipulate their blood so i have to yeah. figure that she will factor in like she'll be able to like cure people or deliver it to people to certain right. people because you, of her you got to imagine you got to imagine because they set it up so good with Newman's conversation with her that at some point either in gen v or maybe in a gen v boys crossover who knows marie is gonna get to fight newman and we're gonna get a fucking mirror match with the blood powers and how cool that's gonna be <laughs> who can burst the more most blood vessels in each other's head 
Yeah, exactly. You know, who can throw more blood daggers? Who can do more shit? And you know that's going to be cool. Because especially Newman's like, hey, you know, this is just the beginning of your power. I don't do any of that other stuff because, you know, it's too taxing when you can just blow up someone's head. Imagine when she starts having to do all that shit. Mm, yeah. That's going to be cool. But yeah, Gen V really great. I'm an episode behind on Loki. Uh, I did watch Invincible this week. Invincible came back. It, it was good, wasn't it? It was. Jumping, jumping straight into the whole multiversal uh, yep. storyline from the comics. Yep, wasting zero time, introducing uh, Angstrom Levy, who was a big antagonist from the book. Uh, yeah, really, really solid stuff. Ooh, they got Bulletproof in there, too, voiced by Jay Farrow. Fucking love me some Jay Farrow. I'm glad he gets what's clearly going to be a beefy role moving forward. Yeah. Jason Manzukis is as funny as ever. Yeah, he's great. He's it, Really, he was born to play Rexplode. I also remember, too, I didn't actually watch the Adam Eve special, so I went back and watched mm. that today, too, for the first time. And that was also really good. It was. It's really good, yeah. Yeah, Stephen Root as Dr. Brandywine. I'm like, man, Root has really carved out, ever since Barry, this niche for himself, where it's like, I'm your fucked up father figure. <laughs> you know, I'm a guy trying my best, or maybe trying my worst, but I'm also not telling you the whole truth. Yeah. Yeah, he was really, really fucking good in that. Good, good, solid shit. So uh, definitely everyone check that out on my channel if you want weekly reviews of that. I'm going to. I actually jumped the gun a little early, and when I was done the video, I just fucking released it at 1 in the morning last night because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> screw it. I, I could wait till 7, or I could just put it out now. I put it out now, and I did think that actually did hurt my searchability a little bit. So if you haven't seen the video yet, please check it out. I worked very hard on it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, anything else to cover? I guess can we uh, hop into the news for this week? I think so, yeah. All right. I guess the biggest piece of news this week that's making waves across all the geek spheres in comics, movies, etc. is uh, Variety. It was Variety, right? I'm not <laughs> mixing that up. Did yes. a big expose article on the current state of the MCU and Marvel films and Disney in general. And, oh, people people were losing their minds. The uh, new Chicken Little was born every minute thinking the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And me and Matt and everyone else who follows this stuff for a living is just sitting here being like, you didn't say anything new. You didn't say anything we didn't already yeah. know or or didn't already suspect. And, and some stuff you just like straight up got wrong. Yeah, yeah. Which again just kind of tells me that people are looking for stuff to complain about it, and are looking. It's, that, it's the whole thing that's been that's been like perpetuating really since Endgame started, which is like Marvel bad, you know, rest of cinema good. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's it's the low hanging fruit. Just just go after yes. Marvel and you'll you'll get traction and and everything. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a good business model for sure. And I mean, hey, we've said this a hundred times before. The backlash zone is a real thing. You can only get so popular so quickly mm -hmm. before backlash is inevitable. And yep. Marvel movies got to be the biggest, largest cultural force for years. So naturally, a nasty backlash was bound to happen. And, you know, most of the stuff they mentioned in this article, like I said, is shit we've talked about on the show time and time again. Yeah. They bet the farm on streaming because everyone was doing that at the time, and it maybe wasn't a great idea because they couldn't do a lot of quality control mm -hmm. for every single show because Kevin Feige, you know, basically, you know, the head honcho of this was needed elsewhere. And it's like, yep, that's pretty apparent even more now after Secret Invasion where we're like, what the hell was that? You spent how much on that? All right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this, is, this is all from, uh, who was the guy before Bob Iger? The Chappet. 
guy. Yes, Chavik. Yes, yeah, this the, is very much. This is him. Like, there was like a comment from him or like his people where he said he wanted like a new piece of Marvel content or something to be out at any given time. So like you'd have a movie yeah. come out and then when once that finished its initial run, like the week after a new TV show would start or another movie would be yeah. coming out and just a constant stream of that. Oh, and, yeah. and we and that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh yeah, and we were there, and we talked about you know we we finished one division, and then it was time to go see a movie. We finished a movie, and like oh here starts a new show, and then in between that there would be a Star Wars between the shows and the mm -hmm. movie, and yeah, at a certain point you're just bound to get diminishing returns if you mm -hmm. want one out every year. Again, we see it in the game industry too. Yearly release schedules are kind of bad for everyone involved in working in it, especially the poor poor visual effects people. Who again, this was making news even before. It's like yeah, they're working these people to death because no one can keep up with the glut of this everyone is working round the clock to make these effects and because they're overworked the effects in a lot of cases don't look as good as they used to no no not at all because you can tell no one can you know really sit down and dot their t's and cross their eyes that's a shame mm -hmm. uh yeah it's, it's funny too that you know they're saying you know all the stuff about TV, and it's like, yeah, you know, they they bet the farm when they shouldn't have. You know, it was Chappick's weird obsession with streaming, and yet it's kind of funny too, where it's like the same week this comes out, hey, you know, that Loki show is actually doing really damn good now, and it's like, oh, see, you know, there actually is a reason for them to be on television, but not every one of these is created equal, and not everyone needs a second season. Some is just mm -hmm. fine at one. And, you know, like, other stuff they were saying, too, like, oh, you know, the, the director of the Marvels, did you know she she worked on another movie while working on this one? Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, that, literally, that that is, like, the business. Like, so many writers and directors do that stuff. That's how they make their living. <laughs> hey, hey, you know James Gunn was working on DC stuff when he was still <laughs> wrapping up uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, Joss Whedon made an entire other film during the pre-production of uh so during the post-production of avengers you know yeah and the fact and the fact that like that variety article is going to be like oh this is a sign of the dysfunction you know this is a sign of the decline of the marvel cinematic empire no it's not where the fuck are you getting your information from did you <laughs> did you just look at a bunch of youtube headlines from like fucking women hating grifters and decide that yeah. was going to be part of your article the the other stuff at least makes sense the other stuff is like well yeah if you try and go in entirely on tv when you're a movie company yeah this is gonna make some sense mm -hmm. and there are some other stuff in there which you know is conversations we've had too of like oh you know is this is this too much to follow you know when there were only so many movies it was a lot easier for people to follow the story and i'm like no nothing changed there's just the illusion that there's more stuff you need to mm -hmm. know now you really don't mm -hmm. no you don't you never did but now, for some reason, people seem to think you need to go in and know and stuff because it's like, oh, well, well, Kang debuted on that Loki show and then he was in the Ant-Man movie. Yeah, different version of him that he played completely differently. Again, you don't need to know any of that. No. Which, OK, you know, so here's actually some more interesting stuff. And again, this was stuff we more theorized with the Jonathan Major situation. I think his trial was supposed to start soon and then they moved it. They keep you know, moving it. it yeah. They keep moving it, which again makes me think that they want to move it around, at least for Loki season two to be done. But again, that's my own conspiratorial thinking. Uh, but yeah, the apparently the idea is, is that internally they are worried about it and they are thinking about what they could potentially do in case they do need to pivot. And apparently the theory is, you know, well, we got Dr. Doom in our back pocket and we got a Fantastic Four movie we're working on. Do we want to introduce Doom before Fantastic Four? And I'm like, yeah, you could probably do that. They they could, but I'm just 
like beyond perplexed that they introduce the, this concept of like oh the multiverse oh we're, we're, right. we're gonna have like all these characters throughout the multiverse and you know here's like all these different iron man or like fantastic four people and stuff and some are going to look different than the others but kang has to look the same he has to look the exact same he can't be recast we can't recast him like why why yeah it, it is very weird again i think this is people at the top just overthinking it or like half remembering a thing they heard again this this is another part where i like raise an eyebrow at this article and be like do, do they really know the ins and outs of this or are they just trying to make this sound as alarmist as humanly possible because you know hey if it bleeds it leads i have a feeling because of like the um strikes that are happening at the moment when they were writing this article they couldn't get anyone to confirm or deny anything because it's also literally this. talking about the work these people do and they can't do that so yeah. so they just had to make like educated quote-unquote guesses <laughs> which which again if you listen to our podcast and if you listen to shows like us we have theorized shit like that in the past we have mm -hmm. you know said like you know well if i was them i would do this or if i was thinking so yeah you can tell an educated guess mm-hmm when you hear one but yeah so basically that whole article i thought was just a lot of sound and fury and a lot of the stuff it does get right is shit that we in this you know kind of sphere have been saying before and i get it it's our job not everyone is in this sphere maybe for a lot of people this is the first time they're hearing about it but i don't think it is nearly as doom and gloom as everyone is making it out to be because hey much like the comics that these movies are based on it only really takes one to change shit around, and they're already changing shit around. They already said, hey, maybe we should, you know, peel back on the shows a little bit. We should probably do less of these a year. Yeah, exactly. Again, like, people don't seem to understand how much this is like the comic books at the moment. Like, yeah, you see series getting cancelled all the time, or like, ah, this we tried this one, but it didn't really stick with the audience, so we're just going to leave it as like a like a like a small run we'll come back to it later maybe if people want to see it maybe we'll even come back to things people like like the original avengers or something we'll do a new number one basically yes yes that apparently that was another thing in the article that they had kicked around the idea of being like okay could we potentially get all the originals back for something and let's face it, you know for like infinity war or whatever the hell that big finale two-part is going to be you know that's going to be a moment oh, absolutely right? absolutely yeah it was going to happen regardless it was going to happen regardless because that's just how these things are done yeah that's just how these stories work be it in comics or in movies uh they also mentioned some stuff from you know the troubled development of the blade movie which again we knew it was troubled though i think they actually reveal something from here that's actually a piece of good news and that is hey we're not throwing a billion dollars at trying to make this one we're not trying to make it a big four quadrant movie we're actually giving it a reasonable budget in hopes that it will get to do reasonable business and also get to maybe take some more risks because again we're not trying to hit that billion dollar mark that all of these movies need to have it's insane that it, it it's taken till now for them to realize hey let's make like 80 million dollar movies and it's the same it's the like same with um with like that that tv stuff they had come out a couple of weeks ago where they're like restructuring the tv where they'll have like showrunners and show bibles and stuff like isn't that just like normal how it's supposed how to be it's supposed to be isn't that how you're running loki the most successful show on your platform at the moment <laughs> 
which again continues to be great and again yeah. proof positive to me at least that yeah these things do have a yeah. place on television they do have a place for mm-hmm. longer form storytelling you just gotta pick and choose is what it is not everything deserves a show not everything deserves a second season mm-hmm like, again, I know you and I uh, argued a couple weeks ago about uh, Agatha, Hark of no. Darkness, or... Fucking scrap it. Fucking scrap it. Take the hit. Scrap it. You don't need it. I, I want to see Aubrey Plaza as a witch, though, Matt. Where am I going to get that? I really don't... Don't ruin this for me, Matt. I really need to see this. But yeah, so that that was another thing that came out of this article. And also, hey, again, you know, while we're on the subject of Marvel TV, this actually dovetails very nicely. They dropped a pretty big trailer this week for Echo, a show that they seemingly, under the old regime at least, had lost all faith in, to where they were going to be like, ah, oh, we're just going to dump it all in one go instead mm-hmm. of, you know, have it come out episodically. And everyone is talking about this trailer now for yeah. a show that it seemed like they had given up all hope on. It's it's really weird, isn't it? Because like it seemed because this is going to be the first show that's it's the first show that's going to be part of this Marvel Spotlight series, which mm-hmm. from what from what it looks like is just going to be like Marvel Knights by the looks of it. Because fine by me. Because this show is also the first show that's going to be uh, TVMA, I think. Yes, and they were sure to showcase that with Vincent D'Onofrio as the kingpin in his white suit beating the shit out of an ice cream man who totally deserved it, by the way. (laughs) Just just throwing that out right now. He should not have been mean to Little Echo. I'm just going to say that right now. (laughs) And yeah, they're really selling that where it's like, look, here's the Echo show. We are basically doing the first Bendis Echo story right Mm -hmm. down to, you know, Kingpin being her adopted father slash hated enemy, right down to following up on him getting shot in the head in Hawkeye and him coming back here and now where it's like, okay, so you clearly read the book. Yeah, yeah. Everything about it just seems good. I'm I'm trying to figure out, like, what made them lose faith in this show? Like, why did they? was Was it the fact that it was like, such a small character like echo and there was no like uh real like organic way for them to have like the big you know member berry cameo sort of thing which which you say that but i'm almost 90 percent sure that this show is gonna have a daredevil cameo and it... uh, he's in the trailer oh is he did i fucking miss that yeah he's in the trailer Oh, well, there you go. Well, obviously. Yeah. is it? Yeah, again, I'm thinking, is this because this was a smaller character, a character who, you know, can't speak? Is this, you know, like the Hollywood Disney machine getting all weird about a character who, you mm-hmm. know, like can't talk or anything and who was also, you know, an amputee as well, yes. too? Yes, yes. Again, I think that was them getting weird because, yeah, I'm like, well, this, this looks like you got another hit on your head. Or is it mm. them being like, oh, there's there's not enough stuff to adapt? Like, where do we go with this character after season one? You know, is this mm-hmm. going to be a Jessica Jones situation where we adapt her best stuff first? Then it's like, well, what do we do after that? Do whatever you want. Put her on a team. Have her cameo and other stuff. Again, not mm. not everyone needs to have a season two. No, not at all. Just like not every character is an ongoing. Hell, Echo herself is not an ongoing character in Marvel. I like it when she shows up. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they, if they really wanted to go for it, I mean, they could just adapt all the recent Jason Harris stuff where she gets like the, the, oh, the, yeah. the uh, um, the Phoenix. <laughs> well, then in that situation, they absolutely got fucking places to go, so then they shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> But yeah, it uh, it looks cool. I'm interested in it. I like that it does look down and dirty and grittier. Yeah. And again, 
very Marvel Knights, like you said. I like it so much, I'm willing to kind of forgive the director who basically came out and said, no, we're not doing her comic powers of being able to copy movements. That's just silly. To where at first I was a little offended and taken aback like most of the internet. And then as you said, Matt, you kind of got to respect her for just coming out and saying it and not fucking lying about it like so many of the other movies and show people did. Also, I don't think she said like uh, that as in like it's like no it's shit i think she meant as in like if you give this character a power to copy anything it basically turns them into a mary sue where uh... it, where it's very hard very easy to just fall back on that oh she she can do it because she, her powers you know just that excuse of everything also, didn't we just do it with Taskmaster in the movies and didn't people piss and moan about Taskmaster exactly. endlessly? Exactly. And again, I understand too, you know, because she is a Navajo woman, the director, I do believe, you know, she wanted to tie it closer to the native culture, which is also true of the character. I think she also directed like two episodes of Reservation Dogs, and like a bunch of the oh, Reservation nice. Dogs cast is going to be in this actually, where I'm like, well, yeah, of course, they're working native actors in Hollywood, of course they're going to get a piece of this. They should, because they're all fucking great. I, I think she had a push to want to try and, you know, bring Echo's powers closer to her culture and, you know, ba basically do a Black Panther thing where it's like, look, you know, if you're going to let me tell my story and the story of my people, let me tell it my way mm -hmm. in a way that it's truthful and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a comic book purist and I would like to see those powers, but I'm also not a dumb white man who's going to sit here and be like, hey, you diverse woman, don't you follow your creative heart and do a thing on my account. Make it like the funny book I like. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of the thing of it. And yeah, I think you won me over when you're like, I respect her for just coming out and saying, no, I'm not doing the comic power. Because how many times have we seen other directors like lie or divert attention to Miss Marvel? Perfect example. Is she going to embiggen? Is she going to have the thing? Is she going to have the thing? We're like, well, you know, maybe, you know. See, you know, different. You know, you know, if you watch well, it, no, the, the no, she didn't. Say, what's the thing they say? It's a, it's a different, it's a different interpretation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At least here, where she just fucking came out and said it, I'm like, cool. Now I can actually watch the thing on its own merits and not be looking and waiting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's better to just rip that bandaid off when you get the chance. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy, helping us out in the chat. Thank you, Cowboy. I'm curious about how many more movies or shows Sam Wilson and Bucky will appear in. I mean, we're getting that Captain America 4. That's coming down the pipeline, and Bucky is going to be in that Thunderbolts movie, so at least that many more. That, see, this is the problem, and this is the problem that, uh, oh, the good thing that that Variety article, especially, like, the art they used for the Variety article, which signaled that, like, they showed that, like, no one cares about these new characters, and and then and sam and bucky were there and it's like yes that's what they're trying like, to say we, we haven't seen them really since their tv no. show so you've got a this is fucking captain america fucking sprinkling throughout shit you know yeah he, he could literally show up in anything and it would be like oh shit captain america's yeah. here again i think this variety article and again i, I don't know the person who wrote it personally it feels like they don't read comic books and they don't really mm -hmm. engage with superhero stories outside the movies, mm -hmm. which in which in fairness, look, I'm not stupid. I know most of the people who see the big Marvel movies aren't comic readers themselves, but they get it. They're smart yeah. enough to understand the appeal of these mm -hmm. like connected stories and everything. And, oh, you know, characters can dip 
escape in and out of lives, but you know, mm-hmm. they're also having their own rich adventures over here. It's a fucking tapestry, man, is what yeah. it is. It's all a tapestry. You know, e- even a movie where it's like, oh, well, that was all right, is strengthened by like a really excellent sequel or something that came later. You know, Captain America Civil War is great because you had all the stuff that happened before. You can still view it in a vacuum, but when you come into it knowing everything else, it's pretty fucking good, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Those Guardians movies are pretty goddamn good on their own, aren't they? But when you put them in the greater universe, oh, they raise everything around them. Mm-hmm. And also, two people being like, man, yo, Phase 4, not as good. Phase 4 fell off. I mean, when you got Guardians 3 in there and Black Panther 2 and even Shang-Chi, I'm like, it's pretty fucking excellent, even if the other ones are just like, meh, pretty good. It was still pretty all right. And I, I've said this time and time again, if there is a fall to Marvel... You know, if they do fall off like people say they do, because nothing can stay on top forever again. That's just the natural order of the universe. My hope is that people lose interest, not because they tried to innovate too much, because mm-hmm. that would really hurt me to know where it's like, oh, they really tried to innovate. They really tried to reinvent the wheel. And that's when people lost interest. They really did just want the same thing over and over again. That would be heartbreaking for me personally. And also, too, yeah. I, another thing this Variety article doesn't bring up that I think is very important. This whole, you know, fourth phase of Marvel, fourth chapter, whatever you want to call it. The specter of COVID still hangs over this really fucking hard Mm -hmm. as it hangs over the entire fucking world. And like, yeah, the way we absorb entertainment changed, the way we make movies change and distribute the shit totally changed. You have to wonder if COVID wasn't the thing, would Chappic have thrown in as hard as he did? behind streaming and behind everything else because they're like well you know in the future people might not even want to go to the movies anymore you know for fear of safety or whatever i don't think he cared that much but i think it was definitely something they were thinking about yeah no i i agree i i think that like if it wasn't as bad as it was i think we wouldn't have been seeing most of these shows actually be made because i think a lot of them were like oh we we have this in like reserve if we need it and but we're not planning on using it. Oh, there's like a worldwide pandemic and everyone's like locked up. Break the glass, break the glass. Yeah, it's a good thing we own all this media and it's a good thing we churned it out like we did. Hell, uh, Black Widow, we'll never actually know how that did at the movies because it never really got to go to the fucking movies because no. it came out during the pandemic and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even right now with the Marvels, everything, this will be the first like, you know, big marvel movie in a hot minute that we're actually getting because again we've had like a bit of a drought because the writer strike and they moved everything around and everything it's uh, ant-man was the last one right it's going to be the first one since ant-man ant-man then there was guardians right and guardians afterwards right so it's actually been pretty long in between I, I i don't have the numbers in front of me what the longest wait has been in between but it sure feels like it's been a while since guardians and it looks like the marvels is going to be uh like the big the big one where like like things tied to like Kang dynasty and secret wars, like begin to show themselves like incursions and all that sort of stuff. Stuff we saw in like, um, Dr. Strange. Right. More rumors of X-Men even. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, they've been, they've been spinning a lot of plates. That's another thing that people never talk about. And it's a criticism that I would actually be willing to, you know, uh, what's the word to, to not embrace, but to at least discuss further. In the first phase, it was pretty obvious what the endgame is. Infinity Stones, Thanos. That's where everything goes. That's the big thing. Uh, phase two, uh, what is, you know, we were heading up to uh, to other big things. But it was always one thing. Here in phase four, it feels like there's multiple big things all happening at once because there's a TV side of things and a movie side of things. You know, we have the incursions. 
that you got to worry about. The Kang Dynasty, which is obviously going to be a big deal. This is our big villain. But then you also have the final host that they set up in the internals and then no one ever really talked about again. Mm -hmm. It feels like there's multiple big threats. I think there's another one I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, fucking Elaine is collecting the Thunderbolts and everything, and we don't know if that's going to be a big deal. feels like there's four potential big world-ending things that they could be going to. And some of them, I guarantee you, are meant to be developed for, like, the the tv crossovers you know the, the yes. tv side of stuff but because you know we're seeing that not do so well that's probably been scrapped or like changed into movies or something like like armor wars armor wars was meant to be yeah, a tv yeah. show but now it's a movie which honestly it probably should have always been yeah it, no it should just be iron man 4 yeah, you have movie star Don Cheadle in front of you here to fill the void that he always probably should have filled because fucking yeah. Rhodey was Iron Man in the comics, for Christ's yeah. sake. How is this not, like, an obvious no-brainer? If he wants to stick around and genuinely seems to be a great uh, ambassador for your brand, you know, he's not one of those guys who's always giving shit away at press conferences and everything. So, like, yeah, why would you not want to build this around Don Cheadle? Yeah. No, we're going to put him in, in secret invasion where he does nothing but sit oh, yeah, around but... And, and then is revealed to be a scroll but hey but hey you know what also good on him for being such a good sport for coming in for that for the day <laughs> again that shows you why they sh- why you should be building a movie around this guy because he will take one for the fucking team and show up it's <laughs> <laughs> good on him for that but yeah there's there's the variety article I think it's a lot of fucking smoke and not near as much fire as people seem to think it is. And also, a lot of the shit is already changing. A lot of the wheels are already in motion because, again, we've been talking about this shit long before it got composed into a Variety article. Yeah, yeah, we've been seeing it in the last couple of years. They've a uh, couple of months. I mean, like they've they've recently just put on that that whole restructuring of the TV with like the story. Uh, showrunners and story bibles and all that sort of stuff they're actually planning it you've got those guys from loki uh doing the daredevil show now and restructuring that so they're they're working at trying to fix it it's not like they're they're just sitting around and everything's on fire yeah again again covid multiple presidents of their company the complete upheaval of streaming television and everything else that's going on it's like yeah obviously there's going to be some growing pains even when you're the biggest cultural entertainment force yeah it's going to change and I, I as i have said many times before if if there was a problem if this was going to die on the vine I think it would have died by now. I think mm-hmm. it just is the way things are right now. Like it's a, people always compare it to the western. Like the western used to be the biggest genre. Yeah, it was a genre. It wasn't a cultural multimedia force that spanned the entire world. No, no, not at all. You know, you didn't have people in you know India and China clamoring for the next uh, John Wayne movie, but maybe they did. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> maybe he's huge over there, and I'll never know. <laughs> It's like that movie Running Scared where the Russian guy really loves uh, John Wayne movies but found out late in life that he'd been watching a fucking edited version that changes the (laughs) ending and then he saw it again as an adult and it ruined his fucking mind. (laughs) Running Scared's a pretty good movie, everyone, if you've never seen it. Paul Walker. It is, yeah. That guy ever go on to do anything else, the director of that one? I feel like he didn't. I I don't even know who the director of that one is. Neither do I. That see, that was like the weird, fun stuff you would find in Blockbuster back in the day when we still went to video stores and everything. 
where it's like Paul Walker running scared. I'll give it a try, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so moving on from the movie entertainment news to obviously, of course, our bread and butter, and that is the comic books themselves. It was announced this week a brand new series uh, from Kieran Gillen, uh, X-Men Forever, which is going to basically be a four-issue epilogue uh, finale to the Krakoan era. Uh, they've been pretty tight-lipped about it. We know that we're getting Rise of the House of X and Follow the Powers of X or whatever. The, the two books from uh, Duggan and him but this is a four issue series and the big selling point of this one is hey we didn't forget the phoenix <laughs> also thank you in the chat uh, for saying as someone from india i can say he is not well thank you see that's good boots on the ground actual information that's why people come for this show it's not for me and matt talking it's for you all out there in the chat you make the show and make us sound less stupid <laughs> But yeah, so if you've been waiting for the real official end of the Krakoan era, this seems to be the one, and it looks like they're pulling the last trigger they hadn't had a chance to pull, and that is, hey, we haven't done anything with the Phoenix yet. Yeah, well, that was because uh, Jason Aaron was dealing with the Phoenix over yeah. in the Avengers book, and which makes me question, like, how are they going to do that? Because they, they made the Phoenix, like, an actual character in that book. Yeah. It's crazy, too, because in Immortal X-Men, we're in the white-hot room right now, which is the Phoenix domain, and the Phoenix mm -hmm. doesn't look to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, left home, and, you know, now uh, all these goddamn mutants are, you know, stuffing up the toilet, leaving their chicken leaving their chicken wing boxes everywhere. Yeah, well, I have to, I think, it, if I'm remembering correctly, at the end of that Avengers run, it, like, it disappeared out into the universe, and no one knew where yeah. it went. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm guessing, like, maybe it, like, comes back to towards earth and land to the white hot room and it's like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> uh, also them basically all but confirming what we already knew from the other poster and that is yeah jean gray comes back everyone if her having her own book was not a dead giveaway enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> she will eventually live again because of course well the the cover for this is actually pretty awesome it's jean gray lying dead on the snow and it's like a big bloody phoenix is all around her like mm -hmm. her blood has pooled and formed a phoenix mm-hmm so yeah, I'm I'm all about that, and uh, yeah, I mean after that, the, the they're calling it the official end of the Krakoan era before we move on to whatever the hell is next. I'm uh, I'm assuming a return to the mansion, though a lot of people argue with me on that one that they won't just go back to the mansion. I think yeah, I think it'll it'll be a more uh, classical X Men just because it'll be about that time where we start hearing about them in the movies as well so i imagine they'll want people if they want people to pick up comics they want the, like classical versions of these characters and also probably when that x-men 97 cartoon drops which is mm -hmm. actually doing a lot to shift the x-men stories right now even just the fucking toy sales uh, I, I got myself an X-Men 97 Wolverine because, of course, I did. And isn't it ironic that the second that new toy line comes out in the new cartoon, Wolverine just slips back into the blue and yellow in the X-Men book this week with no rhyme or reason as to why he did? <laughs> and Cyclops has technically been wearing his 90s costume for a while. Yep. Because it's a good fucking costume. It is. It's a really good costume. 
It's a good costume, I don't doubt it. And I'm sure X-Men Forever will be good, because basically all of X-Men has been really good in this era. I can't point to one and be like, oh, that was a stinker. Like, some lasted long than others, some were more interesting than others, but by and large, this was a goddamn X-Men buffet, where, like, everything was actually kind of worth your time, and there was a good yeah. X-Men book for every taste. Yeah, and it was a real pain as well, because it, all, books, all the books were good, and there were just so fucking many of them. Oh, yeah, when this is all said and done, I will have to go back and, you know, read the X-Men Red era that you've told me so many great things about. I'll have yeah, to read. I'll, I'll have to catch up on Wolverine and X-Force because, like, even just by force of will, Benjamin Percy has become the definitive Wolverine writer of this era because he did it so long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did it so when they he's the only one from the original Krakoa books that stayed. Yep. Which is wild, and, like, good on him. Good on him for that. I feel I should definitely check it out, because, you know, he must have been doing something right, and I, Lord knows I did enjoy it when I was reading it. Yeah. And, hey, speaking of one team of super freaks to another team of super freaks, uh, James Gunn came down from the mountains, his white hair blowing in the breeze, as he tends to do, and he, uh, he set right what had once went wrong, and uh, he committed to the fact that uh, Creature Commandos, the animated series, the first, you know, in this brand new interconnected live action DC universe that he's building will actually be airing in 2024, for sure. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Which, if you, hey, if you I'm, got a I'm Superman all about... movie coming out in 2025, it makes sense that the thing that comes before it would air before it in the year before it. Mm -hmm. I, I do love that uh what is it that creature commandos is like the first shot fired across the bow though i suppose we could argue his uh suicide squad and peacemaker were the first shots but you know but creature commandos though <laughs> i i'm really interested to see how this is gonna work and also you know good on gun for realizing hey when it comes to the dc universe the animated stuff has consistently been some of the best most beloved most enjoyed why are we letting this being handled by other people? This should this should all connect. This should all be a yeah. thing. Yeah. Feels like a no-brainer, and that's why he was probably an excellent choice to run this. Yeah, exactly. He's he's getting it all together. Or he's he's already gotten it all together, and I'm so happy about it. I can't wait. Yeah. Again, creature commanders, just just a cool thing and totally something that a guy who cut his teeth doing, you know, trauma monster movies would be interested in. Be like, no, 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 we got to do creature commandos, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's on my list. I want to do the authority and I want to do creature commandos. That's the only way I'll take this job. <laughs> give me give me sick weirdo shit and I'll write you the most inspiring Superman story you've ever heard. <laughs> Look, I made people cry and feel for, like, a deviant raccoon. Imagine what I'll do with Superman. I know, I know. I'm so excited. I, I made Chris Pratt likable across multiple films. <laughs> what do you think I'll do for Superman, for this, uh... What's our new Superman's name? Uh, Corn Sweet? Corn Sweat? Yeah, David Corn Sweat. David Corn Sweat. Has he been in anything? I think we had this conversation. Has he been in anything I've seen? Uh, he... Have you seen Pearl? The horror Pearl, movie no, Pearl? I, meant, I meant to though it's in my queue actually that and mm. x i wanted to watch over halloween but okay he's in that yeah he's like the 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 the, the projectionist who like shows the girl like like foreign films and shit and get gets her okay. gets her addicted to movies and stuff yeah okay okay that's on my list then that i definitely got to check that out then yeah because you know i i like to know a little of these actors before we start i like to know where they came from mm-hmm 
but yeah, I'm, I'm down on Creature Commandos, and also, hey, way to just, you know, give more love to the animation side of things, which, as I said, has always been one of DC's strong suit, and yet never welcomed into the fold the way the other things have. I know, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to, to having this, this, this animation reach a higher... Uh, audience a mm. higher audience number and everything and i'm i'm glad that it's also all going to be like connected up so like all the people who play these roles are going to play them across well you know there's that consistency where they play them across yep. the, the the live action the animated video games whatever else they have coming it, uh, it also helps that a lot of the people they've cast are james gunn's frequent collaborators <laughs> and friends who he gets to keep employed now for the next couple of years <laughs> Which, hey, you know, like I said, they're all very interesting character actors. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, I mean, they already announced, like, oh, yeah, we're getting a hot girl, and we're getting a metamorpho, we're getting all sorts of things. Yep, mm -hmm. they're definitely going to be in this stuff, no doubt about it. Yep. Which already makes me interested in this universe, where it's like, okay, this isn't the sort of DC universe where we're going to have to watch you put every building block up. No, 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 a lot of this stuff is already pre-established, and we'll learn as we go. Mm -hmm. Which is fine by me. Yep. Especially in the DC universe, which is, like, older anyway. Fucking Superman's been around for, like, 80 goddamn years. I'm sure you know some of these yeah. people, and if you don't, you will. Yeah, I'm sure you know who Superman is. I'm sure you know who Batman is, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know. You know, right? Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, again, Peace Peacemaker works super well, because it's just like, yeah, you know this. Like, yeah, here's goddamn freaking uh karate master kung fu guy over here yep that's just who he is we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on him we don't have to his costume tells his whole story yeah yeah <laughs> he's really fucking good at martial arts isn't he and he loves hot cheetos <laughs> enough said as stanley would say <laughs> but yeah so that was basically everything that came out this week not a bad week for news all things uh considered yeah we did also learn that uh I mean, we we kind of already knew, but like season four of Superman and Lois is going to be its last. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow. But like you said, something we yeah. basically it's, already it, theorized. It, it, it's not getting cancelled. They've just announced like the fourth season is going to be the final season, so they can write it and 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 use it as like an ending for the show. Well, here's hoping that they use this opportunity to wrap up everything and do everything they wanted. I'm fairly certain they will. I mean, we just had, like, the, the Superman Doomsday stuff, which will carry over into this season. And yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, it's kind of an end of an era for DC television across the board. It's the, we final, got that. It's the final CW show, and it, when it ends, that's the CW-verse done. Wow, that's so many years of our professional yeah. lives, Matt. It started with Superman and it ends with Superman. Fitting, he is the Alpha and Omega of the DC Universe. <laughs> or Metaverse, or whatever you want to call it. Somewhere Jeff Johns has got a huge boner right now thinking about that. <laughs> but yeah, because that's coming to an end. And then Doom Patrol is also ending too. And once that's done, that'll also be the end basically of that batch of hbo dc mm -hmm. shows when they were all gung-ho about that well maybe not counting harley but fucking harley is a miracle because harley has survived multiple things from the dc universe to hbo max to now just max yeah yeah i i wonder if they will actually end up because all of this is as well they're, they're ending obligations they had but also they're they're ending it so they can keep sweep the board clean for James Gunn's universe and Creature yeah. Commandos and all that sort of stuff. So I wonder if maybe that show will also end or whether that will also just, they'll just like say, yeah, it's, it's successful. We'll just leave it. 
that seems to be the way they're going about it because again it's a comedy it plays fast and loose with everything and shit uh mm. the goddamn kite man spinoff is also yeah. coming too so they've doubled down on the harley verse being a universe unto itself yeah and i guess james gunn was technically in the show as well so this is true that's why yeah. it gets to stay yeah <laughs> The touch of gun has fallen upon you. You are protected from all evil from this point forward. <laughs> he's, he's a good luck charm, you see. Again, if you want your show to not be cat, you know, canceled, be sure to cast him. Or at least his brother, Sean Gunn. Yep. <laughs> Get him in there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I guess that was everything from this week that was fit to print. No other big news happens. No, no. All right, we want to talk about what we read this week then. It wasn't a huge week, and thank God for that, because I thank needed, God. you know, I needed a break. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I, I read, like, four books this, or I got four new books this week. I read, like, three, because I had to stop and do Invincible. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what did you read this week, Matt? Would you like to go first? Uh, well, let's, let's start with Ultimate Universe. Yes, yes, the big unveiling of new Ultimate Thor who is a lot like old Thor and a lot like all old ultimate Thor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the, the, I, again, this is just ultimate invasion issue five. <laughs> it really, really is. Like, <laughs> why, why was so. this, why was this just not issue five that came out this week? Like why? And, and yeah, it's, it, it, it should it. have been because I got so many comments saying like, did I miss something? Why is Dr. Doom a good guy? Why is Tony yeah. Stark so young? It's like, I'm like, this isn't six months oh god no not already really i yeah it's our worst fear come to pass and you know what it is it's because so many people saw that spider-man news and it got them interested in it and they thought this was the beginning so this is why they jumped which again hey marvel not to tell you your own business but this probably isn't a good way to kick off a new universe when people are already confused and also when in the story itself you keep making reference to the main 616 universe Mm -hmm. and how things are different here and not how they should be yes yes like don't get me wrong the story itself actually pretty cool actually pretty fun (laughs) but for launching a new universe i have many reservations Mm -hmm. and again that's why i think this issue would have been better served as ultimate invasion issue five yeah not not a new number one Yeah, and a lot of people, too, ask me, you know, is this going to be an ongoing? Do we have to come back to see how this story ends in Ultimate Universe 2? I'm like, no, it spins off into, like, several other side books. I'm imagining if you want to see how this ends, you got to follow the Iron Man side of it, but I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. Also, hey, Captain America's getting a book, but Captain America's still frozen in ice in this. Yeah, yeah, they haven't, haven't busted him out yet. I like they don't know. They're like, do we give him more super soldier serum? Do we try nano machines? <laughs> Thor, what if you hit it really hard with your hammer? What happens? <laughs> also, does he not have his shield in the ice, or am I misremembering that? Uh, I think he has it. I think it's like on his arm, but it's like you can't see it because it's like the 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 colorful side is facing backwards. Right, the angle was weird on it. Yeah, uh, I I will say for stuff I liked, good use of Sith in this i like she basically Mm. says yeah fuck it i'm an avenger now too or ultimate or whatever the hell they haven't even settled on a team name yet yeah i like that she's not being used like she usually does which is like delivering a piece of exposition in like an event or like a a story arc she's actually getting involved in it and she actually has like skin in the game because she she Mm -hmm. is thor's jailer in this world and she doesn't want to suffer the wrath of loki 
Um, we still have not seen. Yo, we haven't seen yet. Uh, but we do know that the Maker teamed with him to kill Odin. Yeah, because that's how serious uh, the Maker was about, you know, freaking manipulating this world to his image, which also <laughs> gives Thor his motivation, too, where he's like, oh, you mean all these bad feelings I've had, you know, feeling like a loser and being branded a traitor and everything. This wasn't the way it was supposed to be. This was all manufactured by my brother and the Maker. Well, now I'm pissed off. Mm-hmm. Because he had basically resigned himself to be in prison. And he's like, oh, well, now I'm going to make it my mission to free everyone else from this prison that they're in. Which I'm like, yeah, that's a good motivation. But also it's like, so your motivation for this new universe is to make it like the old universe? Okay. <laughs> I Do, do, do you want to hear? I've got like kind of a wild maker theory. Please tell me. I think the maker's not in uh, the city anymore. I think the mm. maker is Doom. Oh, that would be an interesting way to flip it on its head. Yeah, because we don't see his face. Just... We don't see his face. Nope. Uh, he is Reed Richards, uh, and yep. his whole deal is uh, basically doing what the Maker was trying to do, trying to make the perfect multiverse. This is like one of Maker's experiments. Right, yeah, because this would be a big-brained idea for him, and that would totally be something Hickman would do. Also, the fact that, you know, Reed Doom shows up in this issue and just starts referring to himself as Doom out of thin air, when it's like, mm -hmm. how how do you know to call yourself Doom? You you should have had no interaction with Victor mm -hmm. Von Doom, as far as we know, and yet right here out of the blue, you're doing the hood, you're, you're copying a guy you should have no knowledge of. Yeah, he also has not mentioned that... Well, I, I don't even think he knows yet. I don't think he knows that Maker is another Reed Richards. It or didn't if, or seem if, like he Or if he does, he's not telling anyone else. Yeah, he's definitely someone to watch, especially because he's thrown himself so hard into trying to get all these other heroes to basically do his legwork for yeah. him. Yeah, and 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 ju and just think of it. So, so like like he when when he first came to this universe, he like stole like like the spider that bit bit Peter, and like you know. Uh, couldn't find captain america like sold thor into uh imprisonment by his brother and all that sort of stuff and but now we know that like now that the spider is out again peter's obviously going to get bitten by it much older in his life is this maker yeah. again experimenting okay we, so we've seen peter get bitten when he's a child and it kind of goes okay kind of fucks up what happens if he gets bitten when he's a bit older has a family already has all of what he wants in life already what does giving him the spider do to him? Like, what does the X-Men getting the X-Gene here do? You know, this all this yeah. sort of stuff. What, what if we make armor of the first one? Because why yeah. not? Yeah. And also, what if we just let uh, Peach Momoko just go nuts and, you know, do a really art-forward book? Which, yeah, hey, that's, yeah do, that's... Do, do body horror and shit, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Again, we, we get a little glimpse at the end of the issue, too. We get a silhouette of Black Panther when they're like, oh, you know, mm. another African war is broken out there. There's a fucking Panther guy running around. Never seen that before. Yeah. Did Did you read at the end? We should probably set it up because, like, at the end, um, the, the, the rulers of the Earth, like the Hulk, Captain Britain, all the people we saw in that Ultimate Invasion book decide, like, well, this is good, like like uh iron lad and all that running around stealing shit from lataveria that's given us a chance to like attack america and and so they nuke them they they nuke uh new york and they pin it on tony stark um and so like the whole city's blown up i think tony it's not outrightly said but i believe he time travels 
Yeah, it looks like because yeah. he activates the Immortus yeah. engine on his chest, which is really cool. Because like the the invasion book talked about cycles and how like you know every mm-hmm. you know a good guy who was once a bad guy is now a bad guy again is a good guy and 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 then this and Tony's cycle is really interesting because it mirrors that of the Maker where Maker was doing cycles like this with you know going back in time to try and change things to see how what the outcome would do. Is this what Tony's now doing? It could also explain why uh, Doom is so close to young mm-hmm. Iron Lad now, because like, ooh, I couldn't figure out how to get the Immortus engine working on my own, but you can, mm-hmm. so I'm going to stay close to you. Exactly. That's an option. But yeah, we see on the news, they have a list of like, you know, names of people who died because they were too close to the tower. And a lot of the names are pretty big names. Yeah, Emily and Norman Osborn, May Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? The, those were the three that jumped out to me. I'm sure Hickman being Hickman, I'm sure the rest were also fucking crazy deep cuts as well. That or like past like editors or writers or something. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. yeah people I people I knew from high school who I really wanted to get blown up by a space laser. <laughs> just Hickman just has a list on his wall. People who were mean to me. <laughs> I'm gonna get you blown up in a alternate version of New York. That'll help teach you. Yeah, teach you. But yeah, it's an interesting start. Again, many reservations, but I also think to myself, well, you know, Hickman, he's more like setting the stage for this universe before he hands it off to other writers. That's mm-hmm. that's really where it's going to show the strength of this if those books can keep people interested. Yep. That's what I think it's really going to come down to. And yeah, X-Men looks to be something completely different. Spider-Man looks to be something completely different. Thor, Captain America, I don't even really know what those books are going to be. But they look to be something completely different when we actually get them. So I'm willing to judge this universe on the strength of these titles. And everything else can just be, you know, inciting incident creation myth. Yeah, I one hope I do think they should do for these books is at right in the beginning of the book, they need to do... Uh, like a page that says um they did it in this issue but like a lot of people just seem to disregard it uh, where they say this 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 is not the the old ultimate universe this is a new one this is earth 6160 it is not earth 1610 this these are not the characters you remember these are totally new and different characters yeah a lot of people are not getting that memo that's not penetrating to a lot of people which i think will be really bad for marvel in the long run Mm -hmm. if they get a bunch of people picking up issue one being confused getting pissed off and then never coming back to it yep and i also gotta wonder if donny cates got to relaunch this universe the way he wanted would he have done it the same way or how would he have gone about this because to me it seems like if cates got his way he would have just resurrected the old universe if he got the chance that's literally what it was building towards maker saw earth 1610 and you know he he went there (laughs) went there was heading there yeah i i guarantee you that is what it was going to be but then yeah it's, it's an interesting what if i wonder if if this universe still sticks around, whether he'll actually end up getting to write stuff for that. Yeah, that that would be very cool, I think. Well, hey, if they inevitably announce, you know, a new Avenger slash new Ultimates, yeah, it would be fun to put Cates on there. Yeah. But maybe also a little confusing, because I wonder if he would be like, okay, now to just write what I wanted to write anyway. <laughs> yeah, this isn't hey, on Earth happened. 6160, this is on Earth 1610 now. <laughs> So, so first thing I do is I'm going to bring Moira back to life. Yep, I'm bringing her back to life here because I can. I don't care. Yeah, he just ends up doing, like, all of Hickman's Krakoa stuff. 
Yep, I'm just gonna bring that back to life right now. You can't <laughs> stop me. And she's a ro- and she's a robot now. How does that make you feel? <laughs> yeah, thought so. <laughs> uh, I guess the other big book that came out this week was the end to Gotham War. Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War, Scorched Earth issue number one. Jesus fucking Christ! I hate long titles like this. I know it's so it's so bad. It's so bad. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> rolls off the tongue i i read this one early in this the week and i'm not gonna lie i barely fucking remember any of this yeah no i i haven't uh reviewed reviewed it but i like read through it and uh (laughs) so first things first they totally changed the art in between issues for the finale and that's that's distracting as fuck That's really just distra- like Vandal Savage, you know, he's all ornate. He's got like a big trench coat with fur around the rim and everything else. This artist clearly didn't get the memo because he draws old Vandal and like the Vandal from the cartoon with like the gray yeah. unisuit with a coat over it. And like his hair is like uh friggin' what is it? It's like goddamn Rasputin long, but not like Craven the Hunter long like it was before. And I'm like, oh yeah, they they did not care about the art on this one. It felt yeah, I, I was reading it and I know like a lot of the artists on this book I think was Mike Hawthorne. It was Mike Hawthorne. Yeah. And and like he's done a bunch of like stuff for Chip Zdarsky's Batman book. And I'm like, hey, it was mm-hmm. pretty good there, but it's like, oh, I can kind of tell you were rushed here. <laughs> Batman's costume looks different yep. in every shot and yep. genuinely kind of bad yep. in a lot of shots. Yep. <laughs> Characters are off model. Uh, th- they make a big deal about like, oh, Two-Face and the other gang lords. They were given, you know, Batman tech to use to fight the heroes. Yeah, they look totally different than they looked at the end looks of the previous like, issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like the artist just said, fuck it, I'm just redesigning these. <laughs> and it's really jarring. Also, too, characters seem to have completely shifted positions from the last issue, where at the end of the last issue, it looked like the gang lords were ready to fight it out with Batman, Catwoman, and Red Hood in front of the building they set on fire. Nah, now they're completely somewhere else in the city. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. <laughs> ba- Batman also has to prove how smart he is by being like, I always knew about the meteor. Yep, this isn't news to me. I, I always knew what Vandal was up to the whole time. Yep, that was me. I made no attempt to stop him, but I knew. <laughs> I'm not an idiot, I know. <laughs> he he then gives the most half-hearted apology to the rest of the Bat family. He'd be like, hey guys, you know, we're a family and we're fight, but can you like go fight the supervillains, you know, while I go stop Vandal? I mean, I know you were going to do it anyway because you were heroes, but I feel like I need to ask. <laughs> and then he actively goes out of his way to not apologize to no. Jason to what yeah. he, for what he did to him. Yeah, he, he's basically, I'll do it again as well. <laughs> yeah damn right and i'll do it again which fucking wow i I, i'm not even as in love with red hood as some other people are but that that is just like a serious stone cold pantsing of a character like it is gonna take him a long time to come back from that it's 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 like because because these were really written by like two different writers who seemingly didn't like talk to each other while writing this it felt like who had two very different ideas yeah it felt like one had this idea it's like oh we'll do this idea where like batman like forcibly like like fucks with his brain and like turns him into like a coward and everything and it'll be like this really interesting like you know character story between a father and son and the other one's like nah fuck that fuck that yeah batman's not going to be sorry about it or at all or anything (laughs) 
and, and, and like it's so weird because like Catwoman is saying stuff like, "Well, yeah, of course he ran into a burning building to save that kid because you mm. taught him, Batman. He's yeah. not the monster you claim to be." And then even in this issue, Jason is willing to sacrifice himself to stop a Lazarus meteor from destroying Earth. To where I'm like, "Wow, that brainwashing totally sucked, axe Batman, because he's twice now broke away from your programming." I think Zernai ain't shit, honestly. What's your problem? <laughs> Why is he still fucking with your head where Jason has twice now, you know, powered through the fear? And they make a big thing like, oh, no, did they kill Jason? Nah, he's fine. Yeah, nah, he's... Like two seconds later, he's fine. Yeah, he's all right. He's late. And then they do the same thing with Catwoman later. Like, oh, no, she fell into the Lazarus pit. Is she dead? Nah, she's fine. The, the minute I saw her fall, I, I, I was like, okay, she's, she's going to be fine by the end of this issue. We'll see her in like the last page. And we fucking do. <laughs> Yeah, but Vandal also falls into the pit he was trying to make too, which means he never actually has it out with Batman or Catwoman. He just kind of defeats himself. Yeah, yeah. So he is like completely uh, like pointless to this whole to this, story. to this whole story. We we also never learn why his daughter Scandal was working with him, a guy who no. she hates in every other story, yeah. or why she wanted immortality. Do Do you reckon the story was meant to be just about Scandal trying to get? Like, like Vandal wasn't in the story. It was all about scandal. She was meant to get the meteor because she wanted like immortality, like her father, so she could try and kill him and like take his place or something. And and maybe. then someone, maybe editorial, probably editorial, said, "Don't no, put Vandal in there. People know who Vandal is." It, yeah, it sounds like an editorial mandate. It sounds like they introduced Marquise in the Catwoman book when she was in jail. And the writer had a big, long arc story they wanted to tell, but then it became an event, and they're like, no, 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 we need a bigger gun in here. We, I don't care about the story you're telling. We need Vandal, even if Vandal's inclusion makes no sense and retcons basically everything we know about the meteor and his mortality and yeah. everything else that's been written before. Mm-hmm. As to justify Batman and Catwoman fighting, that's another disappointing thing about this book, too, is that when it starts, it actually asks some fairly complicated questions about, you know, recidivism and reform and the justice system, things that clearly Zdarsky feels very strongly about if you read his Daredevil book, where that was basically the backbone of it. The only problem is is that DC cares more about what you do with Batman than what you do with Daredevil, so by the end of the book any social commentary is completely dropped altogether. Yep. To where it almost seems worse because it's like, oh, I guess no one believed in anything, huh? Yeah, I guess it never even mattered. It never even mattered and no one really believed in anything and we're just going to go back to doing exactly what we did before, punching criminals, locking them up and hoping that changes the world even though we know full well it doesn't. Yep. Also, hey, Nightwing, you have anything to say over here? Because it seems like you've fixed a lot of problems in your city by, you know, grassroots fighting crime at its source. Nope, nothing to say. Okay. (laughs) I I will say it was fun that Tim Drake came in and got to basically 1v1 all those villains because I'm like, oh, yeah, you were the Robin when this series started, huh? Yeah, and 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 didn't he do it, like, while holding his breath as well? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Good, good for him, because, yeah, like, remember how good those backup stories were when Zdarsky's Batman started? Yeah, that was great. Those those were great. It felt like Tim was finally getting his day in the sun, and now he had to share his spotlight with the rest of the Bat family here. Well, it's good, because I saw art for the next Batman book, and it looks like it's just back to back to business for Zdarsky. He's tackling Zurinar and, and everything. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, it seems like they're just going to forget this happened. The only real lasting thing is now there's a big Lazarus pit in Gotham City, which Amanda Waller has already decided to try and, you know, 
put up military control around. And Batman has basically decided to break up with the rest of the family and say, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be the father of this family anymore. Dick, you're the dad now. Oracle, you're the mom. Don't call me. <laughs> also, no, it wasn't Zeranar. I'm doing this of my own free will. Yeah, but it was totally Zeranar. <laughs> but it was totally Zeranar. Who the fuck are you kidding, Batman? So Batman gets to look like a fucking, you know, lunatic, and they get to blow up the status quo for really no reason. What was wrong with the Batman status quo that they felt, well, we got to shake this up? Nothing. Like, they were, they had just started, like, a new status quo where it was Batman and Robin again. Yeah. Which, man, boy, does this new status quo make Damien look like the most fucking enabling sycophant ever. Batman's broken up with the rest of the family. Oh, but not me, not me, good boy Damien. I'll stick by you. For, you know, through thick and thin, Dad, no matter what, even when no one else wants to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that really kind of puts a cloud over that book. But you know what? I bet Williamson will never, you know, uh, will never freaking reference it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that the story's done, I, I bet no artists do. They, they, they try and leave it open, whereas, like, at the end, doesn't Catwoman give... Catwoman, I, I'm pretty sure it's Catwoman, gives um flash batman drive. like some flash drive with something on it we don't know what but like in case of emergency and we never see her face no yeah so it could literally be anyone but but they basically seek to imply it's yeah. Catwoman. also someone pointed this out to me and i can't believe i didn't think of this myself and it's so fucking sad and yet so true in this story catwoman gets taken advantage of by vandal savage who you know gets her to do something you know a little fucked up to batman in friggin joker war catwoman gets manipulated by the joker into stealing batman's mm -hmm. money in city or in bane or not even city of bane but just like the whole tom king run catwoman gets manipulated by bane into breaking up her marriage with batman boy batman events have not been good to catwoman over the last few years have they i don't think they people know what to do with her they really don't they really yeah. do not and it's shown more and more i think they're like, given they're giving the mandate where they cannot be together and then that no. that's it and you have to like write a story around that yeah and it's hard to do that without you know some sort of betrayal or some sort of transgression and it feels bad and oh yeah as the chat is reminding me too they reinvoke three jokers in this for yeah. some reason yeah they make it canon i guess where the fuck did that come from <laughs> yeah, why <laughs> like you 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 already solved three jokers batman it's it's done i'm pretty <laughs> well, sure i think i think that's that's the whole point like he's because he's talking to riddler at that point and um and i i think riddler says something and batman says like, i've already i already know there's three jokers you know it doesn't matter anymore but like yeah it's so weird that they would reference that just out of the fucking blue like that oh yeah three jokers and also in the three joker story they don't even tell you why there's three jokers no. because jokers like if you're actually caring about this then you haven't been paying attention yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so for them to reference here oh yeah and i guess one of catwoman's super thieves now knows bruce wayne is batman but like whatever. yeah i i really hope they follow like zadarsky because that i i assure you that was probably a teeny howard story at the end there that epilogue but um i i really hope that zadarsky follows that up with like because batman of zuranar comes back the thief running into batman of zuranar just getting fucking murdered yeah hey breaking into my house hey <laughs> ruining my plans <laughs> not on my watch now you get to go to the pain machine <laughs> That's what I call it, the pain <laughs> machine. But uh, yeah, so this story was just a lot of what? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know a lot of... why this existed in the first place. is not a very yeah. good story. But I don't like, know, but couple... I, and I don't know how like none of the writers saw it, or like no, no one on editorial saw it. Again, this feels like this felt like an editorially mandated thing. This felt like one or both of them might have had a story, and they're like, "Oh, make it a crossover and use it as an excuse to blow up the Bad Family." But why? The Bad Family's doing yeah. good right now. Well, it's been five to eight years, and we have to alienate Batman from everyone else in his life every five to eight years. Yeah. It's a rule. Yeah, it's just it's so weird. Yeah, everyone everyone was loving the Bat Family stuff. You know, oh. Robin was back. Like, we had multiple Bat, uh, Robins with Batman at, at any mm -hmm. given time, you know. You know, Dick's off doing his own thing, and, you know, it's all good. It's like, why? Why? <laughs> Yeah, don't don't get it. Don't get it at all why they felt the need to do this. The story isn't good and it doesn't benefit any of the characters. Like is anything more interesting now? No, because now every time they'll reference it, they'll be like, Yeah, remember when Batman was a fucking unreasonable dick who had his mind being turned into Swiss cheese by Zernon, attacked all his children and gave Red Hood invasive brain surgery for no reason. <laughs> remember that? What an asshole. <sighs> I mean, I mean, no one comes out of that story looking good, but Batman especially. Like, how he throws a temper tantrum at the end, like, I don't want to deal with the fallout from this, so I'm just quitting the Bat family. <laughs> he, he, he literally pulls a Fred Stanford, oh, I'm having a heart attack, Dick. Oh, nope, can't talk to me now. Having a heart attack. <laughs> you know it'd be good now? Now would be a good time for frickin' Alfred to come back from the dead, be like, yeah, that Lazarus pit leaked into my grave. I'm back now. You did what, Master Bruce? Haven't they already done that story though? Like with the Lazarus. Like I, I, again, this is another problem I had with the book where the Lazarus and Lazarus resin is now a thing. When we've we've literally just had big stories where that was a yes. big thing, like Fear State, that that mm -hmm. Task Force X book, like all the stuff left over from uh, Future State involving yep. the Lazarus resin, and now you're telling another story about the Lazarus resin. Yeah, it's kind of been overused at this point. Like, it was usually cool when a Lazarus pit showed up because, you know, they didn't use it all the time. Only no. Rachel Ghoul controlled them. Mm -hmm. You couldn't pull it out just to undo shit. And, yeah, now there's one literally in the middle of Gotham City. And yeah. I don't give a shit about it. Exactly. And, and then there's also, because don't, doesn't Red Hood or something blow up the meteor so it, like, showers parts down? So now we're going to get stories oh, of yeah. fucking no-name villain new no-name villains who got a piece of like the lazarus shard or something yeah, what well, was they imp imply in this story the lazarus meteor gives you like a case of toxic plasmosis where you like have to reunite them all again no one's gonna fucking reference this ever again though yeah yeah but yeah so that was fucking gotham war another war that what was it good for not very much <laughs> Can we not have a war story next year? Can we have a story that's just like Batman, Gotham peace, Batman, Joker peace. <laughs> that's what I would like. Just peace. They just like hang out, drink some tea, talk about their problems, which totally could have solved this whole story, by the way, if Batman they, and Catwoman just went to fucking therapy. They need to do an event where like, okay, so we're going to have these heroes and they're all going to like switch cities. Mm, so like flash comes to gotham batman goes to coast city superman goes to uh central city you know just stuff like that or bloodhaven you know and, and just like do, go from there that'd be quite yeah, interesting 
Yeah, we need a fun one. Events aren't fun. They're all like weird, depressing work now. You're right. We need an event that's like actually fun, like like Superman 24 hours or something like that, where he decides mm-hmm. he's going to be Superman 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. As the chat reminds me, we also have fucking Spidey gang war coming out. Yeah, I know. We're going right back into another war story. Fuck oh, me. I'm so glad I'm not reading that. <laughs> it's going till February, Matt. <laughs> And yes, that's a good one too, Chem Dog. Uh, metal, metal world peace. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> oh, god damn it! I, I had one book left. What about you? Uh yeah, I had. Uh, well, I had two more books, and they're both Superman centric books or super hey, super family centric books. Um, nice. First one is the thirtieth anniversary special for the return of Superman. Oh, good. Yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, again, yeah. like, I, as all these returns have the, been. The weakest thing about this book, and because it's an anthology book, the weakest thing about this anthology book is Dan Jurgens. Oh, that's he's a just shame. Retelling the same fucking story he's been telling for thirty years with no which, like no movement in character. <laughs> which don't get me wrong, that's pretty impressive that you can do that. Yeah, it's a, so he, he tells, like, the couching story for this, which is uh, Superman, the Justice League, and Titans are all, like, busy, like, doing off-world, a lot of mission stuff, and that's when Cyborg Superman attacks Metropolis. And uh, Lois and Ron Troop are, like, trying to, like, figure out, oh, who's going to save us? Who's going to save us? And it's all sort of told in, in through the journal of Perry White, who, who chronicled, like, the original, like, death of Superman and return in his journal. And um, while Cyborg Superman has to fight uh, Steel, the Eradicator, and Superboy, they sort of read through these stories, and they're they're all done by artists and and writers who wrote those characters at the time. So we get a Louise Simonson uh, Steel yeah, story with him oh, s- stopping some gang members in um uh in his uh in his neighborhood, and Ron Troop sees it firsthand and like sees uh who this new superman at the time was who was claiming to be superman is and and how he actually does live up to the name we get a i think the next one's an eradicator story by carl kessler i think oh shit oh no jerry duggan jerry duggan jerry jerry duggan wrote wrote wrote, uh the uh, eradicator story and it's perry trying to like prove uh to the eradicator that you can't just like dole out like his his just yeah his level of justice and everything um look look, i know your name is the eradicator but you can't eradicate every problem yeah yeah yeah, it was it was pretty good uh carl kessel does the superboy book uh with tom grummet on art as again as well and uh uh, yeah it's really really fun like just totally 90s Superboy book. He fights uh Bloodsport, the original Bloodsport with the, the with the red uh like bandana on and and everything. Nice. Uh, and yes, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Again, it's him just like trying to prove that yes, he is Superman because but he because he hates being called Superboy. Um, and uh, yeah, the last story is Dan Jurgens uh telling us about uh cyborg superman because cyborg superman was his creation um yeah uh, and, and it's it's literally just a retelling of like oh he teamed with mongol to make well like take uh earth out of the the sun's orbit to make a new war world and look superman's back in his black and silver suit with the guns and it's, it's literally like recreated panels from that old book i'm like you're not telling us anything new 
You're not man, telling us anything new about these characters. Man, he's working a great hustle just being able to retell the same story over and over all the, these years and still get paid for the it. The thing is, like, I know he can, like, like advance these characters because he's done it with, like, Booster Gold and, like, all these yep. other characters oh, he's written and created. Except for this story, he just keeps coming back to this story. Back to the well. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but, like, yeah, could just, We've like... We've been here before. Yeah. Push it forward. You're not. You're not breaking any new ground. You're not breaking any new ground. I wonder: is he sick of it, or does he think it's actually pretty awesome that he keeps getting to do this? Because <laughs> he's one of those creators. Like they'll ask him about this the rest of his life at every convention and every speaking engagement. Just like they ask, uh, yeah. friggin' what is it about the death of Gwen Stacy every time? Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, sounds all right. And yet another Superman book too. You were saying? Uh, yeah, I had the Supergirl special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this about? Uh, this is about Kara trying to, like, find out, like, what she can do now on the Supergirl, uh, uh, as Supergirl on the Superman family. Um, she She's kind of going through it at the moment because she's seen, like, because, um, like, of course, like, social media is comparing her and Power Girl and, like, yeah, which really. one's better. And it's, like, and it's even worse for her because she knows, obviously, they are, are literally the same person yeah just with a couple differences yeah well that's yeah. that's really interesting because yeah i can think of only few times throughout dc history where power girl and supergirl have existed <laughs> in the same time on yeah. the same earth yeah and um she ends up turning it into a type of competition because we get to see a little bit about <laughs> her past um they they build on that whole thing that uh philip kennedy johnson did where she was like telling stories to osel and othel and and she she tells them about like uh argo city and everything and we find out that she She's actually losing her memories of not Argo City, but of Krypton, of life on Krypton, oh. because it's so far removed from where she is now. And she doesn't hmm. really remember it all that much, but she remembers Argo City. And she remembers how, like, back then she would make things a competition. She, she was a track and field star. And no oh, matter, and, and she'd always try and train and train really hard, but there was always someone who was faster and better than her. And she hmm. starts applying, like, a competition sort of attitude to her and power girl on the family and how uh it's a competition and she needs to be faster than power girl and stronger than power girl and it almost ends up getting a bunch of people killed um and and her and lois have this great talk over cupcakes about like what she wants to be and i like that the story the story is basically oh we're not going to have a new status quo Supergirl is just going to be Supergirl. Fair enough. When, when, no, I really like it because they, they reinvented Power Girl. They gave her a new name, a new job, you know, all new this suit. sort of stuff. Yeah, new suit, all this sort of stuff. But Supergirl can just be Kara Zor-El. She doesn't need any huge status quo change. She can just be Supergirl. And they get, they get this great moment between Power Girl and Supergirl where Power Girl comes over and um, they're eating cupcakes and they both eat cupcakes the exact same way where they break it apart and put it on top of each other and make a sandwich the correct way to eat a cupcake. And um, that's, that. that's fitting too, because you figure yeah. how many times have they rebooted Supergirl over and over again? Mm -hmm. She's a she's a clone. She's got a headband. She's mm -hmm. an angel made of fire. She's a red lantern. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting, the book actually, the book could have easily referenced all of that. Like it's like, I've been so many things, but I'm just going to be powerful. But it never does, which I really respect. Yeah. Yeah, good uh, good on them. Um, But yeah, they, they they have like a moment and we find out that when when Kara was uh 
making it a competition and she got almost a bunch of people killed and power girl had to like swoop in to save the people the guy power girl rescued said that power girl was Supergirl. like she he mistaked power girl <laughs> for Supergirl because they're both the same like, oh Supergirl, you're my favorite and everything and <laughs> they have a good laugh about that sort of stuff and they, they end I up uh, on good terms and and everything well, yeah Good for Supergirl. Glad for her to get a win. It often feels like uh, she always gets the short end of the stick in the Superman family. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that she's just, she's just going to be Auntie Kara to the, to the kids, the storyteller, the, the one who chronicled Krypton's uh, histories for the family and everything. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a good role for her. Most definitely. Hey, see how they're not blowing up the Superman status quo over here? Bat family, you could learn a is fucking that, thing. Is, is that because of it? It's like, okay, well, the Superman family's doing good, so the Batman family can't do good. So are we going to get, like, a reverse very soon? <laughs> you, you know what, Matt? I hate to say it, but I think you might be 100% yeah. right with that. I'm sure someone in editorial is like, well, both families can't be happy and together at the same time. That's just fucking lazy. <laughs> Wow, uh, Batman's family had to break up because Superman's is happier than ever. <laughs> that's Which okay, means, yeah, that's okay. Probably... Superman will let them join his family, and they can all just get together. That That is an event we need to do. Superman adopted. Hey, Batman, and your children seemed really sad, so I just adopted them. Yeah, you seem now they, to now be they... like a crazy motherfucker right now, so I'm just going to take your kids away from you. <laughs> now, that, now they have S's on their chest where there used to be bats. <laughs> They're much happier now, and Metropolis has never been safer. <laughs> we're, we're doing great. We're going to have a big barbecue next week. No, you're not invited. Because, <laughs> again, you have literal mental illness that you're refusing to get checked. Uh, uh, I had X-Men 28 this week. Ooh, what's going on in X-Men? Uh, too much, actually. This very much feels like Jerry Duggan went into his junk drawer and was like, okay, what haven't I referenced in forever? <laughs> So, hey, remember Firestar went to Otherworld to try and find Red Root, who was the speaker for the Arako tree, and then, like, we haven't seen him in, like, six months? Yep. Well, he's trapped there now, because obviously the Hellfire Gala happened when he was there, so he literally can't get back now. Oh, no. <laughs> and that sucks for him, and he's put, like, Red Root inside his own body so it can, like, feed off his atomic heart, but now he's dying, which is oh, bad. Oh, but that's okay, because Red Root has a Okoro Seed, you know, the original island that Krakoa and Arako, or, uh, Arako split off from. Okoro Seeds from, from Legend of Zelda? Those fucking yes. things I had to collect in Tears of the Kingdom? Yes, he has one of those, and Apocalypse shows up, it's like, hey, buddy, don't feel bad dying, because you got mutant blood and we got this seed, man, we're, we're cooking with gas now. <laughs> Also, as some people are saying, apparently that Sunfire story was actually in one of those, like, uh, Marvel Legends comics, apparently. Oh, God. Apparently it was digital, but apparently it's important enough for them to reference it. But yeah, Apocalypse shows up and says, we're going to make a bigger, newer, better tree with Blackjack and hookers. We'll show them. We'll show them, <laughs> Sunfire. You, you, were, you were my horseman of famine one time, weren't you? So I guess we, like, know each other. In, in a universe as vast as this, sometimes you forget if characters know each other or not. <laughs> Uh, you got uh, Sunfire, but then you also have Firestar. It's so fucking confusing that both these characters are in the same book and both really important. She's 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 still trying to be undercover, and she steals a flash drive from Doctor Stasis, uh, so the other guys can eventually break Scott out. She actually has a conversation with Cyclops via uh, 
whatchamacallit, uh, friggin', uh, what's that thing? Morse code, because they were both in the scout, so they both know how to speak via Morse code. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then to cover her track, she lets... Cyclops was in the scouts. Uh, naturally. I know, he is literally a boy scout, right? No wonder <laughs> Wolverine hates him so much. And then to cover her track, she lets, uh, uh, she lets Juggernaut escape, but also lets Juggernaut beat the shit out of her to try and sell it to the rest of Orchis <laughs> that she's still on their team. <laughs> Though, weirdly, it has the opposite effect because Moira, Omega Sentinel, and Nimrod are like, we hate this bitch. We hate this bitch so much. And Dr. Stace is like, hey, you be nice to my pet mutant. She is my friend, and I love her very much, and you be nice to her. And now I got to give a racist speech and, you know, pass new laws to take mutants' rights away. But not you, Firestar. Not you. You're fine. You're doing great. Which is actually very funny to see Dr. Stasis care about something, even though it was something that was literally implanted in his fucking head to begin with. <laughs> Which I think is very deeply funny. And then Shadowcat and uh, Miss Marvel go all the way to Latveria with Wolverine making his big return to the X-Men book. Because, hey, didn't Dr. Doom have his own team of X-Men? Didn't he have a bunch of mutants in that Fantastic Four X-Men book? Yep. Yes, he did, and Orchis wants to fuck with them, but they can't because they don't want to fuck with Doctor Doom. Oh God, Jesus! So much being done. <laughs> I know this is this literally felt like Duggan's like, okay, what stories have I not touched on in forever? This needs to be one issue where I touch on literally all of these stories at once. <laughs> yeah, we're we're closing out very soon. I just need to put my fingers in all these pies for a little bit longer. Yeah, this is literally like, okay, we're cleaning out the pantry. Oh, God, how long has that been in there? I forgot about that. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's a little moldy, but it's still good, though. You know, let's fry this up right now while we can before it goes really bad. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. But like you said, it's just so fucking much in one book. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess we can talk about what comes out this week, then. Again, it's not another huge week. It seems like a week we might actually be able to manage. Oh, thank God. We have Batman 139. Batman looks to be fighting the Joker now, again. Oh, really? Yep, yeah, it's him looking at a wall, and it's covered in ha-ha-ha, and it says the explosive mind bomb begins. Unless it's just Zuranar fucking with him. I think it's Zuranar. I, I think it's going to be Zuranar. Probably. We got Amazing Spider-Man 37, the beginning of Gang War, the prelude. Oh, get oh, excited. Fuck my life. Get excited. <laughs> I'm try I'm trying, but it hurts. Uh, we got Darth Vader 40. We got Transformers 2 from Daniel Warren Johnson. Hopefully I'll make some time for that. Birds of Prey number three, which has also been really impressive. I don't know if I've had much of a chance to talk about that on the show, but Birds of Prey has been great. Cool. Yeah. Uncanny Spider-Man 3. Uh, Nightcrawler is fighting it out with Silver Sable dressed as uh, Spider-Man. And also they... <laughs> They, they might have the hots for each other now. Apparently, uh, Kurt was really able to impress Sable with how worldly he is and was able to pick up that that was a Simkaran accent right away. Well, well, well it's, it's, the ac it's, it's Kurt's accent that really sends him. Naturally. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, in the Bavarian circus, I traveled all around Eastern Europe. I've been to Simkaria many times. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Oh, that new uh, Punisher book is coming out. A David Popo's one, which I definitely want to check out, especially because I know a lot of people are going to be really pissed off about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I want to check that one out because obviously we're big fans of Popo's here on the channel, and he, he's actually a friend of the show. He, yes. he fucking talks to us sometimes. Yeah. Which means a lot. So we got that. Uh, Fire and Ice, welcome to Smallville 3. I'm sure you'll be excited for that. Mm -hmm. uh, Thanos number one from Christopher Cantwell. Ooh. 
I know, right? He's done pretty good writing villains and dickheads, so I'm pretty sure he'll do good here. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars: The High Republic, number one. I guess that got a new number one. Yes, it's the it's it's technically the third new number one, but it's phase three because each phase right. kind of redoes all the books, kind of resets them all. Interesting. Okay, then Star Wars: The High Republic: Shadows of Starlight, number two. Yep, they they they're basically following each other. In te- yep. they're like crossing crossing over. Star Trek Defiant, uh, Superman 78, The Metal Curtain, number one. Wow, they're doing more Superman 78? Yes, it's a sequel, and he's going to be fighting a Soviet Metallo. Ooh, nice. That sounds fun. Uh, Icon versus Hardware, number five. I didn't even know that was still going on, but it is. Yeah. yeah. God, I got to hop back into those books. I think that new Static volume is almost done, or is done. Cool. Uh, what else we got going on? I think... I think that's all the big books for this week. So again, very, very manageable for once. Yeah, yeah, before we head into the Christmas period, which is usually where they they drop quite a fair few books at that time. And I'm reviewing Invincible, which means I lose a comic slot, which means I'm usually always behind. (laughs) We're always going to be perpetually behind, no matter. It's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we can catch up, but like by the time we've caught up, we're back in deep again. It's true. I gotta cover Titans. I want to cover the last two Uncanny Avengers. I think I have another Miss Marvel in there. <laughs> Which I heard great things about the Miss Marvel. Apparently, there's a chance it's like you can unlock your mutant powers, and it's heavily implied to be like the purple light stuff from the show. <laughs> and Miss Marvel and, and Kamala's like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Which is which is something that only uh, Inman Valena could get away with being a yeah. celebrity, and you know Marvel being so desperate to suck up to every celebrity that only her as a super fan can be like, no, we're not doing the purple light shit power on my watch. <laughs> do you think they'll do the reverse of that in the films, where like she starts with the purple powers, but then eventually that that turns into like her being able to to properly stretch and uh, and begin? If they were smart, they would. I don't know if they've dug themselves too deep right now and they don't want to make it look like that they're, uh, what is it, kowtowing to fans, though they really should. And also, that was something Marvel Films was never afraid of before. Where It's like, oh, would you like it this way better? Then they would do that. Yeah. Or they'd eventually give you what you wanted down the line. Like, again, mm-hmm. like the Guardians and their uniforms. We want the blue uniforms. By the end, they had them. Yep. You know, we want we want this, we want that. Eventually, you got those things. So you know, if they're smart, eventually they will just embrace the stretchiness. <laughs> well, again, hey, you know, if that actress continues to be in charge, maybe maybe that'll be her thing for the next movie or next TV show. I'll do it, but only if she can stretch. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's either a, it's either a raise. <laughs> Yeah, it's, at this point, I don't think they can. <laughs> it's like, look, you know, you can either have a raise or you can have stretchy powers. Stretchy powers will be other movies. Yeah. I'm a young actress. I can work in other I'll, shit. I'll, I'll do it for free if you give me the stretchy powers. <laughs> man, man, that's how you know she's one of the good ones, you know? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, she was always one of the good ones even before she was an actress. If you, like, follow her shit there, you know, she just seems like a genuinely good person Yeah, who's just yeah. like, like outside Hollywood, which is rare, which is why I worry about her future career. It's like, oh, you're just like a, you're just like a nice lady from Canada. I hope Hollywood doesn't like beat the shit out of you know your sense of morals and obligations and everything. I hope I hope you succeed. I am rooting for you in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't want you to write like a Jenna McCurdy book, you know, twenty years later about how like and this is how much of a nightmare all of this was. <laughs> 
she uh, she was on Mark Marin, Janet McCurdy, which was really interesting. That was a good interview. I don't always listen to Mark Marin, but that was a good Mark Marin interview. Yeah, talking about her book. Yeah, talking about her book, which Marin actually read, and she's like, "Thank you." Too many of these podcasts I'm on, they say they've read the book, but they clearly didn't. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, I agree. That's why I don't have any comic people on here when I haven't read their book. <laughs> Because I don't want to be an asshole. <laughs> All right, everyone. So thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us uh, for another episode. We'll be back again next week, which I guess, d- does the Marvels come out uh, this week or next week? Will we be able to talk about that for the uh, next show? It yeah, com- I- it comes out. Yeah, it comes out this week for me. I don't know whether it's like a couple of days after for you. I'm sure it's the same week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll try and finagle that for uh for next week, so we can talk about that. I'll hopefully try and make some plans to get out to the movies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this back before anyone else. We try and put this up on SoundCloud and all the other podcast apps on Wednesday morning. So be sure to check that one out. As always, you can watch us live uh, Saturday night, 10 p.m. to whenever on Matt's Fortress of Solitude channel. That's where we stream. Again, thank you everyone who donated and helped out with the show. Uh, Very much appreciated. Again, keeping the lights on. Good, good shit. And uh, yeah, anything else to say, Matt? Anything else to promote? Or are we just going to wind this one down? We can just wind this one down. All right, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.